as a designer, I was designing for 10 years and I never seen that before. So I'm just like this, we can't mess this up, you know? <laughs> so pretty much at that time we were designing for 20 dancers and one Beyonce piece. And we needed to have it done in four days. My name is CJ, and welcome to Black in Fashion, a podcast that highlights key Black figures who have impacted the world of fashion as we know it today, as well as those who continue to influence its ever-changing industry. Each episode, we'll profile different people from past to present, as well as conduct interviews and engage in dialogue around race and diversity within the fashion industry. It's been nearly one year since Beyonce dropped the epic visual album Black is King as a companion to the 2019 soundtrack for the Lion King remake. The music, choreography, and visuals were unforgettable, but many also agreed that the fashion took center stage in this production. For this week's episode, I was able to connect with one of the talented designers whose pieces were featured in this amazing project. Tamika Murphy is the founder of the Alani Taylor brand and the co-founder of Deviant Levee. Both of these brands were actually featured in the videos for Bigger and Spirit and played a huge part in Tamika's continued growth as both a streetwear and high fashion designer. During this interview, we'll talk about her unique military background, how she's developed as a designer, and of course, her experience designing for Queen Bee herself. Enjoy! So before we get started, I'm going to go ahead and say thank you so much, Tamika, for joining me on this episode of Black in Fashion. No, thank you. I appreciate you welcoming me onto your show. So I gave some info in your bio, but I always like to hear these things from the designer's mouth. So tell us a little more about your background and how you got your start as a designer. Um, my background is military, actually. I served 12 years in the military. Uh, I was in the Army. And I actually started designing at my last duty station, which was Fort Hood, Texas, which is pretty much one of the biggest bases in the world. But for some reason, they only decided to put one mall in the little town of Killeen, Texas. Just me being from up north, I didn't want to look like everybody else. So I one day just decided to start teaching myself how to sew so that I can wear my own clothes. And it started from there. Um, a lot of people started gravitating to the designs that I was making, which at that time, I was just literally just taking shirts and ripping the pockets off and replacing them with other fabrics and stuff. And it kind of grew from there, from shirts to hats, to pants, and to a whole streetwear brand. So that's where I started from, not wanting to look like everybody else on base. So was it tough getting started as a designer without like an extensive background in design? It wasn't. For me, I have like a really good talent of like taking things apart and putting them back together. That's one thing that I did in the military, I was a generator mechanic and we fixed vehicles and things. So I was always like interested in just seeing how to break something and put it back together. So taking fabrics and deconstructing them uh, came pretty easy to me just because of my background in the Army. That's really interesting. I haven't heard a story like this one before. So are there any other ways that you feel like your background in the Army really helped contribute to your success as a designer today? Absolutely. Military people, especially being in for 12 years, like you're reprogrammed, um, literally. So the way that I just looked at 
like society, the way that I looked at the world was all a structural thing. So in the military, you're given a mission and you don't stop until it's complete. So when I got out the military in 2016, that kind of stuck with me, not kind of, it actually did stick with me. And so that's how I look at my business. Like everything is structured to a certain extent. And then when you're doing missions and things like that, like you have to be able to, you know, like improvise with certain things and think on your feet. So when I'm designing, I literally design that way. Like I, if I make a mistake, I don't go back and try to fix it to be what it was. I let the mistake be there and just kind of improvise to see how I can still make it into a masterpiece. So everything that you probably see that I've designed has been an accident and I've left it that way because that accident turned into like greatness, you know? So yeah, I, I improvise with my designs. Wow. That's really cool. It's almost like, like accidental chaos, but it becomes something really creative. And that focus, you know, from your background in the military definitely contributes to you, you know, like you mess up, but you're not going to stop. You're going to keep it going. You're going to make sure it's complete. And then, you know, based off what I've seen from your designs, the things you come up with are absolutely amazing. I appreciate it. No, I'm going to use that accidental chaos <laughs> that when I start <laughs> speaking about my brand, it's literally like you say, accidental chaos. So that's pretty dope. So what's the story of the Alani Taylor brand? Um, my brand is actually named after my daughter in 2016. Well, going back in 2010 to 2016, I was have I had a street brand called Prodigy Life Clothing that uh, only really local people or like if I was to go to sit states or cities um, and like showcase there would really know about my Prodigy Life brand. And so in 2016, my daughter was born, Alani Taylor Murphy. And I was just like, man, her name is so dope and elegant and powerful all at the same time. And so I switched my brand from Prodigy Life to Alani Taylor. But when I did that, I also switched to high fashion. So I strayed away from the streetwear for, um, for a minute and I went into high fashion and so started um, like making gowns and suits and just more luxury wear for red carpets and things like that. So uh, it, my daughter is the reason why I have the brand today. It's a beautiful story. So it sounds like you sort of started off as a streetwear designer and then you sort of elevated into like made to measure, cut and sew, and then you sort of combined the two. I did. Yes. Yes. Um, in 2018, I decided to combine streetwear and high fashion together. Um, and that was more so because I, I love doing streetwear. Like I love, love, love it. And I was making money doing high fashion and I wanted to make sure that I didn't sh- like not pay attention to both heartbeats, you know? So once I started doing high fashion, I started getting a lot of celebrity clients for red carpets and things like that. And a lot of custom orders, but I knew what my heart was at, like my heart was in streetwear. And so I went on Project Runway audition before, and I took everything that I knew how to do. Like I would take, I took suits with me. I took dresses with me. I took like streetwear with me. And when I was sitting in that seat um, doing an interview, uh, the way that I was dressed, like I was dressed 
with both um, combined together. So I had on like a blazer with drop crotch pants and double layered bow ties and stuff like that. And um, one of the people there was like, we love to know that you can do everything. Like you're, you can go from streetwear to high fashion to couture, but we don't know who you are as a designer. So from there, like for a whole year, I had to sit back and really figure out who I was as a designer because um, I didn't know until that was said to me. And I'm like, I love doing both of these, but how can I combine the two? And I just started making garments that you can wear to the movies, but you can also wear it to a dinner and go to a red carpet at the same time. And that's how I pretty much bridged the gap between high fashion and streetwear together. I love that. Love that. So you sort of alluded to this, but your designs have indeed been worn by names like Cardi B, Tyra Banks, Summer Walker, Tiffany Haddish, and that's just a few of many. So what was it like when you first started seeing celebrities wearing your designs? It was insane. Um, And I actually didn't get celebrities to start wearing Alani Taylor right away. Um, I was the um, co-founder of a brand called Deviant LaVie. We were co-designers. We both designed together. Um, Her name is Brittany Duet. And she had this amazing idea to do like a latex line. And one day she started playing with these ropes. And uh, she called me over and was like, "Uh, you got to see this. And when I came over, it was literally like just pieces of rope. And from there, we would. Ju- I was just like, this. This is where the avenue we need to go down. Um, so that wasn't me by myself. Um, I'm not gonna take full credit for that. Um, Deviant Levy was created by Brittany Duet and myself, and we designed together. Um, so when when I knew that Deviant Levy was going to be a hit, I, we we put Deviant in its first show, and that's what kind of got the eyes on Deviant and Alani Taylor because we would take the Deviant ropes. And I would make like dresses or skirts and things like that to go with the ropes. And from that exposure, everyone started seeing Alani Taylor. And um, that's how I was able to design for Beyonce, for Black is King. But yeah, when things like that happen, I'm excited about it, especially because Beyonce was my number one goal. Like if I'm a designer, I want to design for Beyonce. And when that happened in 2018, I was like, what do I do now? <laughs> I, 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 although I love and respect all the other people who wore the garments, my goal was to get to Beyonce. And when I did, I, I was kind of stuck, honestly. Uh, most people will be like celebrating in the moment. But again, me being military, uh, I didn't feel like my job was done. And we got a big placement with Lion King and everything like that. But at that time, it wasn't Alani, strictly Alani Taylor. And that was my goal. And so I just kept working, kept working until I turned on the TV and she's literally wearing Alani Taylor. It was it was it was a life changing thing. Of course, once you get that exposure, a lot of people come and everyone wants something once they see Beyonce wearing it. So it's it's been a life changer for sure. Now, that is something that we definitely need to talk about because, like you said, like getting your look on Beyonce, I couldn't even, I mean, I'm not a designer, but even if I was, I could not imagine. So you were given this amazing opportunity in collaboration with Deviant Levy to design for Beyonce's Black is King visual album. So for those of you that don't know, um, your pieces can be found in the spirit and the bigger videos, if I'm correct. Yes. And 
They are absolutely gorgeous. So tell us from start to finish, you did give us a little bit, but how exactly did you get this opportunity and what was that process like for you? The opportunity came through email from Zarina, her stylist. Brittany had got an email and she called me. I don't know where I was at. I think I was in Vegas. And she just was like, "Um, are you ready to die? (laughs) And I'm like, not really. Like, I got a lot to do. (laughs) Um, And so... Um, she, she was like, we have the design for Beyonce. And I went crazy. I don't, I I was somewhere where I shouldn't have been yelling, but I did. I I came home and she showed me everything that the email has said. Pretty much at that time we were designing for 20 dancers and one Beyonce piece. And we needed to have it done in four days. Um, so that, that part, right. So you're talking about 20 rope pieces and, well, 21 rope pieces um, in four days. And for some reason, God made it work because it went down from 20 to needing 10 rope pieces and then Beyonce's piece. And so, of course, we took the job with no hesitation. Um, we were thankful because it was a paid gig. And for the four, for four days, we didn't sleep uh, because it's not easy to make those ropes. For one, there's a lot of designing on mannequins, then gluing, sewing, um, all of that stuff, hand sewing at that because you can't put those through a machine. So I had to hand sew each piece. And so for like three days straight, we didn't get any sleep trying to make the garments or whatever. And we never knew what it was for. They never told us it was for Lion King, but we were kind of guessing. And every time Zarina calls and says she needs something, um, we're like trying to figure out what could this be for. First, it was crazy because they sent literally a mannequin of Beyonce's body, like a molded mannequin of her body so that we can get it right. Um, and oh I still God. have the pictures and everything. Uh, well, so I think some of those pictures are online. But yeah, that right there was a shock because as a designer, I was designing for 10 years and I've never seen that before. So I'm just like this. We can't mess this up, you know. So, <laughs> yeah, we, we went through those four days. We got all the pieces to her. Everything fit perfectly in one shot because the back of the ropes are uh, corseted so it fits like from a zero to like a 10 um in most cases so uh, we knew those were gonna fit we were just worried about Beyonce's and then the news came no my mom called and she was like y'all stuff is on TV Beyonce's wearing y'all stuff and the news were the first people to air Lion King and so we had literally have the video of us turning on a TV and watching it over and over and over. And then it hit YouTube and in 45 minutes, it had hit like 1.5 million views on YouTube. Um, But that, yeah, that's how that came about. Um, Zarina, I think she saw it in a style house um, before because we did have them in a style house and that's how we got the placements with Tyra Banks. And when she saw it in a style house, she hit us up personally. It went from that to her hitting us up again the next year to make something for Beyonce or not even make something. That white piece that Beyonce wore, I did that for my fashion show that we did together. And when the show was over, the next day, Zarina sent someone to pick up every single piece that we had made. And it's called the Zenith Collection. Um, and that's on my Instagram where you see all the girls standing in one place. So she picked up every last one of those. And she only sent back, I think, four. 
And she was like, I want to keep the white dress. I want to buy it um, so nobody else has it. Then we knew that it was going to be for something special, but we didn't know, again, what it was for until we turned on the TV and <laughs> it was on TV. Uh, Jay Bolin called me and was like, are you watching? Um, we, we started watching Black is King, and, but he was ahead of me because he's in Texas. And he's like, did you see the video? No, I didn't. And she's and uh, his assistant was like, keep watching. And I lost my voice that night for a month. Yeah, oh, I lost my voice my God. for a whole month. I think that day I damaged my vocal cords like severely because I yelled so loud. And you know what? It's worth right, it. Right, right. Now I'm, I'm good now, but they are damaged to where like my, my vocal cords are so sensitive now that if I just yell once, I'm going to start losing my voice. But it's worth it to have that injury for the rest <laughs> of my life. <laughs> um, but that day, like I told you before, when we did the, the Lion King, I didn't feel accomplished um, because I wanted to see my daughter's name on Beyonce. And when Black is King came out, I would, I felt so accomplished. Like I felt like I had finally did what I came to do as a designer to see her, to be able to see like in all of these blogs and everybody talking about it, to see Alani Taylor, Beyonce together. I was like, I finally did it. Wow. That is such an amazing story and journey. And I, I mean, truthfully, like understanding like if anyone ever asked you like oh my god are you is your voice okay like the story behind that like well <laughs> reason why It'll my vocal cords a little bit messed up <laughs> you know Beyonce just you know wore my design or whatever right <laughs> but right. no I completely that is a really beautiful story so so tell me sort of the difference because I know on one end you designed for Lion King and another end for Blackest King were they two separate projects yes it was um the spirit in the bigger video is part of the soundtrack um, uh-huh. so when they did Lion King, after Lion King was done, Beyonce rented out the whole Grand Canyon and did the spirit video, the bigger video and all those videos that you see, like where they're in that same location with the blue on and everything. They did that in, I believe one or two days. Uh, she filmed uh-huh. all of those videos for that soundtrack that she did. Uh, but that was strictly catered to the Lion King movie. Got and it. And so when Black is King came out, they took some of that video and put it into the Black is King. Um, Got it. And the Lion King was uh, like, she personally knew that she wanted something from us. The next year, she saw... The, the fashion shows, Zarina, I believe, had saw the pieces that we put on the runway and sent someone. And like, of course, uh, by this time, she's texting instead of emailing and said that she wanted to pull all of the pieces for an upcoming project. Yeah, they came and t- took everything and we we're just like, dang it, like we have nothing left. Uh, and then they just bought a few pieces back. They kept a lot of what we had and they said, we definitely want to buy the white dress. Um, so we just sent the invoice over and they kept it. From your success with, you know, Black is King and the Lion King soundtrack videos and everything. Um, is that sort of where you started getting hits from major publications like Vogue, Paper and Harper's Bazaar? Um, from the Lion King, yes. So Vogue and Harper's Bazaar and them started talking about the brands from Lion King. And then everybody started talking about it. Um, I think Vogue, Harper's Bazaar, uh, even Forbes, uh, 
Fashion Bomb Daily, all of them. But the ba- the thing about that is they had it wrong in the beginning um, because they were just strictly saying deviant at the time. And I personally like had to hit up the the uh, writers and say, hey, you guys got it wrong. Like this is Alani Taylor um, with the deviant piece. So, yeah, I had literally like fight that day that everything was released for them to fix the name with certain publications. Well, the name is definitely out there now, so we are glad to see it. So normally at this time when I've interviewed designers, I would normally ask them how the pandemic has impacted their business. Um, it looks like things really started picking up for you because I know Black is King really premiered as the mm-hmm. pandemic was getting underway. But has COVID impacted business for you in any way? Yes and no, actually. In the beginning, yes, it did to a to a certain extent. It just so happened that when COVID hit, I had just finished my sportswear uh, collection. So I released this X Factor collection uh, called Project X, and it was more so like summer wear. And I have two different audiences. I have a streetwear audience and I have the high fashion audience. And when COVID hit, I catered to my streetwear audience instead of knowing, because I'm knowing like no one's going anywhere, you know? So the next day when I launched that collection, it sold out. It sold out in 24 hours. Um, One, because no one was doing anything. And I believe this was in February, March that this happened. Um, And I woke up the next day and every single item that I had up there was sold out. You know how they say you when you believe in something and you put your energy into it, that's what's going to happen. I kind of look at that with life also. Like if you believe that this pandemic is supposed to destroy you, it will. But if you believe that it's not, it won't. I believe that it's not all the time. Like I look at the good. So it never affected me. Um, when I say to a certain extent, it affected the way that I moved, the way that I traveled. But as far as business, it did not affect me at all because I didn't put my energy into it like that. I put my energy into you keep continuing to do what you do and you're going to prosper. And that's what was happening. And then when Black is King came out, it made it even better for me to continue moving forward because now all eyes was on the brand. So to put things out was like the perfect time after that happened. Where would you like to see the Alani Taylor brand in five or maybe even 10 years from now? What's what's looking ahead for Alani Taylor? Uh, international, for sure. Um, I want my brand to be known internationally, which that's what we're working on now um, with hitting Africa and China. Um, at the moment are the two main places that we're focusing on with the help of some people behind the scenes. And I want to have my own style house and my own warehouse um, to be able to hire and produce my own garments in-house with all Black designers, uh, all Black workers, all Black everything. I'm not even looking for it to be there. I know that we will be there uh, because that's what I'm working on. Do you have any words of wisdom or advice for any emerging designers that are looking for their big break into the industry? We can tell people all day long, you know, to do something, but it, there, it's only going to be accomplished if you do it, right? So once you put your mind to something and you manifest that, just don't allow anybody else to stop you from getting to where you want to go. 
We all know that designing is hard. Uh, it's hard to break through in this industry. If it was easy, everybody would be doing it. But if you believe in something, just like if you wasn't a designer, if you was trying to be an astronaut or a doctor or whatever, like you're going to work hard to get to that place. It's the same thing as designing. Continue to create, continue to network, continue to do what you do. And you're going to get to where you where you want to go. Um, it's only right that the universe gets you there. Again, thank you so much, Tamika, for joining me on this week's episode of Black and Fashion. If you like a piece by Alani Taylor yourself, you can visit alanitaylor.com. You can also follow the brand on Instagram at Alani Taylor, as well as Facebook and Twitter. Black and Fashion is written and produced by me, edited by Joelle North. The theme music is from PBTM Production Music Library, and background music for our profile episodes comes from Lakey Inspired. The title is Better Days. Please like, subscribe, review, and rate Black and Fashion 5 Stars on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us on Spotify, Google Play, or SoundCloud. Lastly, follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at BLKNFSHN. Again, that's at BLKNFSHN, just like the logo. Thanks for listening. <laughs>